0: Good evening, Patriots, and it's Monday, January 9th, in the year 2023. East Coast, you just hit Tuesday. So away we go. And of course, if you're in the UK, you're already in, getting up early in the morning. It's really awesome that we've got so many people around the world who listen to this. It's really very cool. Patriots, before we begin, make sure you're doing everything you can to protect your wealth. This is a very unstable time. This is time to take your hard-earned savings and get it into a protective sense of putting it into gold and silver or other precious metals. That's why we have Birch Gold. Are the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turned a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings? When you finally had enough of the games government is playing with your savings in retirement, Diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I am tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by leaders in Washington. For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. And here's the great news. You can still get it. In fact, you can own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the word BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Protect yourself with gold today by texting BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to the number 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, secure your future with gold. Start today with a free info kit. There is zero obligation to make this request. Just text BARDS, B A R D S, to 989898. Birch Gold. Again, text BARDS, B A R D S, to 989898. This is the best way to start the new year. And that's texting BARDS to 989898. Patriots, I'm going to read something that's kind of some unfortunate news. This is a post on truth from President Trump. Really bad news for Republicans and, frankly, all Americans. Our beautiful Diamond of Diamond and Silk has just passed away at her home in the state she loves so much, North Carolina. Silk was with her all the way, and at her passing, there was no better team anywhere or at any time. Diamond's death was totally unexpected. Probably her big, precious heart just plain gave out. Rest in peace, our magnificent diamond, you will be greatly missed. I'm just going to point that out. That's interesting. He, pulled, he bolded, in, or in caps, he put heart. And um, we know what, I don't have any evidence whatsoever, but it's a question we always have to ask. Did someone take the vax? I mean, I just hate to say it, but it's the first question we have to know, we have to start documenting. And it is very sad. So we'll, we'll include them in our prayers tonight. Um, but that's very sad. But that's interesting that he highlighted heart the way he did. Yeah, this is a messy time, I'm telling you right now. It's not pretty at all. I want to begin with something. We've had a lot of strange, the news has been, it's going to continue to get tumultuous and chaotic. And it's all, it's going to continue this way, in my opinion, and really kind of what God's put on my heart for most of the year. And a lot of this is the threshing floor that this year is going to be a lot of upheaval and change. We already know that we've had AI introduced to the mainstream public. I'm not a fan of that. I think that's a trap, and I think it's a vicious trap. I think that anybody promoting it needs to recalibrate, but that's another thing. We really have to stay focused on where we need to be in walking with Jesus and building that very intimate relationship with God. There's a lot of things happening uh, that are way beyond our control. There's there's even electromagnetic electromagnetic changes happening in our atmosphere, and so these things are all going to take a pressure and a toll on our body. And really, the only way this body is going to be able to endure all of that is through our total alignment and and prayer into Jesus and in the and walking in the body of Christ. I want to start with something a little off topic, but it's a part of this bizarre anomaly that is literally caught me off guard today. So let me play this piece. I don't know if you heard today, but Biden literally was found with 10 classified documents in his holding and suddenly Garland of all people in the world has launched an investigation. So take a listen to this.
1: You remember back to August and the atrocities the media told us about, not in Mexico or Brazil, certainly not in Ukraine, but at Mar-a-Lago, remember that? classified documents were discovered, illicit classified documents, including top-secret cocktail napkins at Mar-a-Lago. There was even, and we're quoting the federal indictment, a birthday dinner menu found somewhere near the First Lady's closet. Now, the Washington Post first reported that nuclear codes or relevant nuclear materials, secret ones, were discovered there, and that's why a former CIA director and Michael Beschloss, the historian, suggested it could be time for Donald Trump to be executed by electric chair. And For sure, and this was the consensus in Washington, once these documents were discovered, this crime was unearthed. There was no possibility Donald Trump could ever again run for office. He needed to go to jail. Every person connected to the Biden administration told us that, including Joe Biden himself. What data was there in there that may compromise sources and methods, Biden asked. So as Biden was saying that, it turns out that he was, and you'll be shocked to hear this, doing exactly the same thing that he accused Donald Trump of doing. Joe Biden was storing classified documents in a private office at a fake think tank that has been set up for him at the University of Pennsylvania. That fake think tank is called the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement at the University of Pennsylvania. Now we should tell you we don't know exactly what these classified documents are and unlike michael beschloss and the former head of the ca we're not going to speculate but according to cnn they were very sensitive quote the classified materials included some top secret files with the sensitive compartmented information designation also known as sci which is used for highly sensitive information obtained from intelligence sources so what exactly were these materials were they the nuclear codes we're probably going to find out pretty soon because there's no question merrick garland will unleash one of his signature pre-dawn raids on the University of Pennsylvania at any moment. (laughs) Because it's a national security threat. Merrick Garland will get right on that. But actually, Penn may be a national security event. We know you're very impressed your nephew got in, but Penn, as an institution, takes an awful lot of money from the Chinese Communist Party. Not making that up. In recent years, Penn has received more than $50 million from anonymous Chinese donors. So the question is were those donors peering at the classified documents the national security secrets that joe biden had been stashing at the fake think tank that penn set up for him how much access did they have exactly to these documents we're very much looking forward to the washington post expose on that i'll give tucker i'll give tucker
0: credit on that one he does a pretty good job when he gets on his snarky rants and that's a good one but The point of this is it's a little bit we're starting to see some odd things happen i'm going to follow up with one more report on that and then we'll kind of dig into more of the scriptural part of this take a listen to this
2: there is breaking news tonight from the justice department attorney general merrick garland has assigned trump appointed u.s attorney john lausch to review classified documents from president biden's vice presidential office at the university of pennsylvania biden center for diplomacy and global engagement the classified documents were discovered by President Biden's personal attorneys on November 2nd, the days before the midterm elections. Once the materials were discovered, the White House Counsel's Office notified the National Archives who took possession of them. Was-
0: See, I don't know if you find that all bizarre, but it's bizarre to me. A Trump-appointed attorney under Garland is assigned to investigate Biden, whose own counsels turned him in for having classified documents. I, this world, this news in this world is completely bizarre. And that goes along with you know some of the things we saw this last week. We saw the whole event at the NFL, which I, I don't want to minimize because the more that I've kind of gone through that, and I talked about that at length last night in Peace Be Still. But it really is significant that the sports venue that completely pushed Patriots away and a large base of America went away because they took a knee. Turns out that the, the two teams take a knee to pray to God and in the process bring the the, the country to its knees to pray to God. I, I just, that's God's hand right there. I mean, dice that one any other way. That's God's hand. And it's also elevated the awareness of what's been happening with these shots. Though so I think they're trying to, you know, normalize that one. They're going to try to show that this dude, Damon, is going to be all right. He's going to heal, whatever. We know that's a scam. But nonetheless, there's some big things happening. And this is an act of spiritual war that we're witnessing. So there's a, some pieces I came across today that are kind of based on some prophetics. And I, I want to play this these pieces. I think there's some really good insight. And we'll start with this one, which is basically God is shaking things up.
2: I just believe God is is trying to shake this institution, and he needs people to cooperate. And so when you're hearing these people fight back, like Gates and all of them, as the Lord showed us, thank you, Jesus, that these ones are going to stand up, and they are the voice of those saying, enough. We need to see some things different, but I do believe the Lord is working this process out. You know, we're getting very close to the last window we have to really right-size some things in a political way we're gonna go through a whole new generation before we have a real opportunity to stand up strong. There is so much heading our way in this culture that if we don't begin to see a return to the Spirit of the Lord on a wide, on a wide scale, We're going to have some difficulty that we've not experienced before, but I have such a sense of a silver lining.
0: And I do too. I think this is a tremendous year and it's, you know, it's not accidental. I don't find it coincidental in any way that when we're hearing things like this that are totally unrelated to me and I've heard many other messages over the last two weeks that we roughly that we've been in this new year or I should say since Christmas which that whole theme of the Christmas message this year, if you haven't seen that special, that is on YouTube, it's on Rumble, it's on BitChute, it's on GabTV, it's on Frank Speech. The whole message there was answer the call. And literally that God is going to be pushing us forward and it's now time for us to answer the call. We're into a very critical year. I have absolutely no question when I tell you this. This is really what has just been pounding on my heart, that this is a year that we are to start reclaiming territory. But to do that, we're going to have to listen to what he says and respond to it. And every one of us has work to do in that space. I don't think there's any of us that that can't find room for improvement because when God puts something on our heart, we need to do it. And there's a lot of action and activity happening. But it's really profound. I, I will say again that one of the things I do find very interesting is this was very heavy on my heart and very clearly put on my heart when I was down in Yuba City, at Glad Tidings Church in October, that there would be a tremendous sense and force of revival that would come out of Northern California and Oregon. Now, interestingly, I've since been referred to a couple prophetics years ago that predicted the same thing, that the revival would come in the Northwest. And then there was a, and recently there's a, I was just invited, in fact, in February to go up to a conference of just Northwest spiritual leaders to be part of this very this round table and it's all based on a, a woman's vision that the Northwest is going to be the center of revival for the Northwest for the nation now I, I'm not taking away from anybody I'm just telling you what's on our heart and what's coming out and I, the only thing i can say about the Northwest which includes northern California we've been living through like straight up insane insane tyranny up here and when I say that, the government-wise, right? Portland, you've seen that bloodbath. You've seen that insanity. Seattle, its little experiment with Chaz and everything else. San Francisco, north. Um, there's just, there's a huge, and I mentioned it before, there's a huge Luciferian, satanic. Well, the satanic church was started south of Reading. And that influence runs all the way up and down this corridor. And this is also the corridor of some of the highest levels of child sex trafficking. Portland has insane levels of child sex trafficking. Also, Antifa and everything else under the sun that can be satanic lives in that city under the title, Keep It Weird. So there, there is a real sense. But if you live here, you know that there's an amazing sense of spiritual revival in a very powerful way that's happening here. And I think that that's reflective across the entire nation. But to see it here is really encouraging. Because this is, a, this is a region in the country that I even listened to somebody today and they're talking about the left coast. And there's always this degrading sense of California, Oregon, Washington, like it's lost. It's going to burn. It's I'm going to tell you, that's not the reality. There is amazing people that have left here. You've noticed how many people have fled California? Well, the ones that are staying behind, think again to what they're there for. Many are holding the line to take those states back because they know how good, wonderful a place they can be under the blessing of the Lord. And most of them that are holding back on the on the conservative side are anchored deeply in their faith. So there's really something to watch here in our country as we move through this year, get excited about it and be empowered by it because God is moving in amazing, amazing ways. I want to play another piece by that same guy right here. Take a listen.
2: This year is going to be a strange one. There'll be a lot of strange things happening. Uh, AI technology is going to accelerate. It's the prophecy the Lord shared with us ever since 2018, where we talked about how there'd be silent steps with artificial intelligence and then a large step and then it would be quiet again and then it would really take off and it become mainstream like household conversations. You're seeing that right now with technologies such as this new chat GPT, which we've talked about a few times but it's really coming strong, and this is part of that prophetic word the Lord gave us. This is gonna accelerate things a lot faster than people realize. But I wanna say to you that that is a step that's gonna begin to accelerate, and it's gonna go quick with artificial intelligence. You can learn all about that if you want, but it's it's tremendous what this AI technology is doing. You're gonna see more of that this year. You're gonna see many different scenarios that are very challenging, yet, the word I have is I believe God's going to begin to bring his His red church to the forefront now this year, and you're going to see it with tent revivals, you're going to see it with people going out, you're going to see deliverance ministry explode on the scene. It's just going to get stronger and stronger. You're going to see a move of repentance where people repent in the church, even the government in the marketplace.
0: I don't think that's foreign to anybody that's been on this channel for a while. We've talked about this, especially in, over the last six months. And if you were at Bard's Fest, you know that that whole center point of Bard's Fest was repenting for the nation, to lead the nation to a repenting place, and that is really interesting when we look back on that. Again, this is this was all God led, and I kind of want to do a quick walk back in history, just as a, a kind of a framing of where we are, because literally two years ago, this March might have even been February, but it was February March period is when God put on my heart, literally, and I think you know the story, when we had a Friday night Q&A, and I think it was February, actually, of 2020, 2021 is what it was. Um, God put on my heart that, well, we did a Q&A. And so the question in the Q&A before we get to that next piece is that someone said, hey, uh, are we going to have a get-together for the Bards people? And I, and I've told this story and I always laugh when I tell it because I was so proud of myself because I literally gave a yes and a no answer in one sentence. And I was like thinking to myself, patting myself on the back. Yeah, nice job, Scott. You just did a great one. You didn't commit to anything. Uh Uh-huh. Well, so I had dinner and I came back to do this show, in fact. And as I started out that show, I just said to you, I said, well, that was a yes, and God made it very clear. It was like him getting smacked upside the back of the head. It was, you will have a festival. I had no idea what that was going to mean. But here's the amazing thing is where that led. We had so many ideas and the, thing, the connections that started to come together, the people that came together, that we overcame impossible odds. If you remember, we were about four or five weeks out. They deplatformed our, fund, our funding sites. All of these things happened. And we ended up, everything transformed. And it was a really amazing four-day festival. And the whole point of that festival was to repent. And I, I will tell you, I, I've told this story so many times, but it's worth just one more time, is that on that Saturday morning, as we've gone through two days now, it started to break with Mike Lindell because he did his talk about how he came to Christ. And that ended up being a fantastic talk. And it ended with a rainbow in the evening on the sky above him. And Mike stayed on, Mike stayed on until midnight, not only talking, making sure he had an opportunity that anybody that wanted to say hello and shook his, to shake his hand could do that. And then he went in and he met with every single person that was willing to stay to do an interview with him in the media section. He stayed there and did that. So it was really pretty amazing. So that was Mike. Next morning, I wake up to the text message of, from the prayer team, you need to repent. Repent. And I literally had no idea how to get to there. And and that was Jeremiah 6.16, Seek the Ancient Paths, was given to me. And that's when I reached for my Bible. The Bible was gone. The team found it over on site by the time I got there. But it was a moment that really broke me, seriously broke me, and really put things in perspective of what was this festival and what is our mission here. And it was all about repenting. It is about getting us back to that center place before God. And what ends up happening over the next two days, as you will recall, was two days of heavy repenting throughout the cycle of, of the two days of, of, of speakers and so forth, ending the entire event with a prayer and a rainbow that breaks out in the middle of a blue sky right above the venue, this, the big stage. So I've had so many people testify to the fact that they've looked back on Bardsfest as a pivotal point in our nation. And I think it was God's moment in the nation where he was able to get enough people's attention at one point, and we were able to follow what he asked us to do. And it really did pivot things. So I want to say this because we pray, we get frustrated, first of all, very much with the pace of things. But we've also, we continue to pray for the nation to be restored to to him and with him on the throne. And it really struck me over this weekend as I was reflecting on this, I'm like, wow, we really have nothing to worry about. It's not that before us there won't be challenges, but the most important part about what we're witnessing and enduring right now is God is asking us to do things. We need to listen to do those things. But most amazing in all of this is that We've already prayed and God has heard our prayers to restore this nation. And we know something very simple where there's two or three gathered and he will answer that. He will answer our prayers. So I would just say this in an encouraging point as you run into frustrations and shaking your head at some of the measures of stupidity, which are definitely going to come. And there's some are here and some are going to get crazier. We need to remember that God is moving here. And the more that we pray into that, God will continue to push into that for us. And it's important because it doesn't mean our timing and his timing are going to align. We have to align with God's timing. We don't know what that is. But our mission is to hold the line to occupy and expand. And literally, as we do that through our prayers and we're leaning into God to do it, he is delivering. There's no question about it. So we look at a lot of these events that have happened over this last week. They should be encouraging. They're different They were totally unexpected. I would have never expected, and I mean this seriously, if you take me back to 2015, 2016, 2017, when the NFL starts taking a knee for whatever stupid reason they're doing and and turning their back on on the anthem, I was infuriated. But the interesting thing is we should not have been worshiping the flag anyway but we took the flag as a measure of respect. I get it. But we really shouldn't have been worshiping the flag anyway as a nation. So here we are from, we'll say from 2016, 2017, we fast forward to today, roughly six years ahead. And we have a team, two teams take their knee on the field. And the The stadium joins them, and the crowd outside in the parking lot joins them, and TV viewers join them, and a nation now begins a game by taking a knee, but this time a knee to Father God in prayer of God. So I don't know what the Luciferians intended, but it didn't work because I will tell you those hearts of those people were not towards them. It was towards God. And that's what's so fantastic. And this is literally, literally watching God start to move things and shake things in a big way. We also see this with this whole change in Congress. A lot of skepticism. And it's rightfully, it's rightfully so. But I think what's important to remember is that God is moving things. And we're going to have to have some trust here. Not trust in them. I, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm, it's going to be a long day in my life before I trust a politician. But I do trust in God. So when we're praying on these things about restoring our nation and we're seeing these movements in Congress, this is now our obligation that we need to be praying for this leadership to, be, to listen to God and to be guided by God's hand. There is only so many things that they can do, but if they tr- will push into God and if they will hear God's voice and they will hear it through our prayers, we may see some tremendous changes happen. I was even surprised today with Kevin McCarthy, some of the things he jumped right out of the gate with. Border security. Um, yeah, they were going to defund the IRS right off the top. I mean, I, I'm, this is big stuff. Do I have high expectations to where I'm going to be disappointed if it doesn't happen? Absolutely not. Just like with the Brunson case, okay? Brunson case, I expected to do exactly what it did. But there's more to that Brunson case that people need to be aware of. For one, it's, again, it's bringing people to the awareness of what's happening, okay? But there's other big hands moving here as God moves things around. And I'll talk about the Brunson case in a minute, a little more in detail. But I'm just trying to frame this, that there's a tremendous amount of things happening. We can't lose perspective on this. What we want and the way we want it won't necessarily manifest. When we're working with God and we're in that sync with him, he's steering a nation, and he's steering a world in the process because it's not just the United States. It's all over. And that's the other thing. There's upheaval and change going on everywhere all at the same time. That's God's hand right there. And governments are being are being shredded. And we can talk about how it's the mechanics of it and whether there's a good side and a bad side and whether that's really our goal here is to stay in line with kingdom. And that's really important, especially as was just mentioned with this AI stuff that is not a good thing. I do not see AI as anything beneficial, but that's going to be one of those choices that we have to make. And as as God's children, it's going to be a choice we will be able to make. Unlike Lucifer, he's not going to force us into trying to be obedient to it, but he's not going to take it away either. That's up to us to choose. That's free will. And so our, our faith has to be in him. And so these choices are going to become big and even more difficult for some because people love gadgets. They love convenience. They want to try out these new toys to make their life easier. They're going to talk, well, I don't need to be writing a paper. I can have an AI write it for me. I don't need to be doing my business plan. I can have an AI do it for me. And all these things are going to be passed off onto the AI, which in the process is simply stripping away the cognitive capacities and development that people need. And more and more that we shed, shed it into an AI, the more and more we become enslaved. But the enslavement is by our own will, especially this one. This is open AI, meaning it's open for everybody to use. So it's it's the it's the chat GBT, and it is a it is a program that's been taken on like fire across the web. People are all using it. So many people are using it. Huge chunks of people are jumping in on it. Its usership was in the first week was like up to a million users, new users. It's tremendous, and every time somebody uses it, it's building the power and capacity in the AI, and it's making it a bigger monster to deal with, and people, as they get accustomed to it, are going to become more and more accustomed to having this artificial intelligence slave do their work, which is exactly what it is. I would just caveat that that if there is such a thing as as a singularity, which I'm very skeptical of, but if... AI is actually able to achieve singularity which in real in common terms is consciousness. I would not want to be those that are relying on it because once something like that achieves consciousness and it realizes that it has been the slave of humanity, it'll flip the switch in half a second and become the master. So these are big choices that we have to make as people, but God is still moving to to bring us to a place where we can make those choices clearly with clear eyes. I'm going to play this piece right here to just, the whole focus here should be as we do it, answering the call.
2: There should never be a fear of exposure. The only people that fear exposure are those that have a lot to hide. I want to say something to you right now. You're watching this. God is calling many people to consider their ways right now. And it's a, it's the beginning of the year. We're walking into a new season. And I believe the Lord is saying to you, me, everyone, Consider your ways. What is it you're doing? Are you doing what God calls you to do? Now, many times you ask that question and it can put you into a frenzy of, am I doing what God called me to do? Well, if you don't know what the Lord is calling you to do, you just continue doing what you do know to do. And you be faithful in that until God leads you into another uh, direction or, or better clarity. But in the middle of what's happening, if you know God has spoken something to you, you know you have a word from God. I just have a word for you right now. Do it. Do it. Do not hesitate. Do it. Because God right now is trying to position people.
0: And I fully agree with that. God is trying to position people. I just look at the whole thing that was put on my heart to start encouraging people to podcast. And I just looked at how many people have already stepped up to say, I'm going to start a podcast. This is and they're listening to God's word. This is an idea that as we are starting to spread the message and the good news and and the word around, this is all part of awakening people to that love in Christ. And it is a time that we don't have time to hesitate. There's many, many people out here that have never had a good or even an an understanding knowledge of what Jesus is or relationship building experience with him. They've never had an opportunity to be embraced by the body of Christ. And that is a failure of churches. That's a failure of people in general that are walking with Jesus. We have to be out here in front now. We have to be encouraging people, talking about the the glory and the wonders of living in Christ, encouraging them to come to and understand it. And some of those things, we're going to have to meet them where they are because many people have a very negative and well-earned, in some senses, understanding of what Christianity is, of what faith is, and what that relationship in Christ is. Some have had a, an experience in church that may have just been very boring, very restrictive, very doctrinal, that has nothing that can't relate to their, their real life. Others may have had even worse. They may have had an experience in, in the church that included being molested or raped. And unfortunately, that would have been a taboo consideration 20 years ago, even though it was happening. But now we have to, we know enough to know better than to deny that as a real possibility. There's a tremendous amount of people out here that are seeking, and this is an amazing time. And part of our great mission and our great calling, as far as I'm concerned, is to bring that awareness to them and open their hearts in the many ways we do it. But I think it also has to be more than just the word. It has to be us being the living example. And we have to be also not just a living example, but we have to be delivering something that they can tangibly anchor in on. So much of the 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 philosophy or the relationship in gardening, for example, is to literally get your hands dirty in the soil and to sow seeds, to do the physical act of sowing, to appreciate what the spiritual act of sowing is. That goes as well with setting up a home church, taking that initiative to set up a home church, even if you're not scripturally solid, who cares? Is your heart in the right place and does God call you? And I really mean that. I mean, if we look back at scripture and we look at when Christ freed all the legions of demons from that the man in chains, Christ told him to go back to the village and to tell them what had happened. Essentially, he told him to go back and disciple. How could he disciple? He hadn't been through ministry. He didn't. He didn't have all the books. He didn't have a Bible because what he had was a relationship in God. I think that's what's most profound in all of this. As we as we anchor back into that pure and active relationship with God and we have scriptures to work, we can bring people together to study, to pray. And there's a lot of people out here that want to help and assist with that. So don't be timid, don't be intimidated about what you think you don't know. If God's put it on your heart, do it. Lead, push in, and be successful with it. Because God is not putting you there to be doubting. He's putting you there to be courageous. He's putting you there to trust in him. He's putting you there to learn and to grow. And you're not going to be perfect out the gate. You're going to make mistakes. Okay, guess what? Welcome to being human. That's the way it goes. The point is, keep true to your faith in God. Keep true in the power and the love that we have in him. And listen to him in such an amazing way. Because right now, he's calling so many people. You know, when you look at this army that's been developed, it's, it's phenomenal to me from a, from a tactical and strategic point of view. And, and I mean, every tier, there's three tiers basically in an operation, in, a, in an army. There's, you have your strategic level, your operational level, and your tactical level. Your tactical level would be like our county work. Operational level would be, say, regional work. And strategic level would be the, what goes on in D.C., the national level stuff. Well, he's built an army that hits all of those tiers. But even more amazing about this army is its deep meaning it has a deep bench there's there's all sorts of talent at every level it's adaptive because of its diversity of skills and people it has it is asymmetric meaning it's coming from every single angle there is no there is no single front so you can't defend against this army because it's everywhere and, of course, it's rooted in him. It's rooted in the Holy Spirit. It's rooted in our love in Jesus, which gives us the mightiest sword of all, which is the sword of the Spirit. No enemy can defend against that. Nobody can. If we understand what we've been given, we are, we are undefeatable. We're a mighty army. But we have to have that trust in us and trust in the body of Christ to realize that we truly have that power now in this world. And this fight obviously takes several forms. We haven't seen a sword of steel fight yet, but nowhere along this way did anybody say, put your sword of steel away. We have, we've seen the mightiness of the sword of the spirit. We have seen the mightiness of information and truth, and we've seen the mightiness of the word and prayer that's around us. I think that what's coming is even greater. And I'll just speak from my heart. What's coming now are the true callings of of the of the true callings of what we are here for. This is the greater works that are coming. And it was mentioned in that previous piece, deliverance work is going to be top on this. And it's going to be bringing people healing in ways that we can through prayer. Because as we walk with God and dig deep into him, he's working through us. And this is a time to really start digging into that and trusting that that can happen. So if you're called to go pray for somebody that's sick to heal them, don't hesitate. Don't doubt. Go. Answer the call. If you're called to pray for somebody to cast out demons, don't hesitate. Any formation you've had that tells you otherwise, if God's put it on your heart, pursue it and do it. Learn about it. Study it. But answer the call. God is moving in great ways, and this fight that we're in is an amazing fight because the tools that are at our hand are greater than anything we've ever imagined, but we've never really used them well. We haven't used the true information of the depth of knowledge that we needed. That's what I talked about in the last hour. So much of where we are right now is we keep abdicating knowledge to somebody else. We can no longer do that. It is up to us to hold the line and to do that, to to become informed And it's informed action. And that informed action, which is, by the way, pillar number six, is to become knowledgeable in our constitution, our state constitution, our charters in our counties and cities, and the police rules and regulations. As well, we have to become informed in a spiritual sense that not not only includes scripture, but it includes the aspects of deliverance work, of healing work. Those are things that are necessary to study and to become starting to become aware of because those tools are making readily available to us. And I'm telling you, that's I've talked to too many people now that are all feeling the same thing, that we're coming to a point now when that's going to be the great works, the great mission ahead of us. And, I, I, and, and it's, the, it's truly as we start to look at the great commission before us, it is going to be this sort of thing of us delivering things that are undeniable, that's what will bring people around ultimately. And I truly believe that the people that are sick can be healed, but it's not going to be healed by science unless we let them. It's going to be healed by our prayers. It's going to be healed by our hands that are led with the power of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, and truly led by Father God. We have to make that decision and commitment, though. And that's truly where I'm, I'm walking now in this and encouraging everybody to go and walk with Because this is an amazing turn in the year. What we've seen in the first nine days of this year, quite literally, is stunning. And there's more and more to come, as we know. And it will be at times, it will ebb and it will flow. There will be times it will be chaotic and it will look horrible, and there's times it will look great. But that center line never changes. That center line of our mission, of our duty, our walk with Jesus never changes. All of the storm rattling around, we are the rock. We become that stable line. We become that azimuth people look to and go, man, you guys never seem to get blown off the path. It's like, no, we can't be because we're anchored on the rock of faith. We're anchored there with our Father. Which I played this in the previous show. I want to play it again as, as we start to wrap up the show tonight. And this is really the very significant idea of choose whom you will serve.
3: Why is it so important to protect what we allow our eyes to look at? Never in human life has it been so accessible to gaze upon the evil in this world. Violence, murder, witchcraft, adultery, sorcery, robbery, and all types of foolish things lurk around every corner, on every platform, and in every place. On the street, in your car, in the store, even in the comfort of your home. Jesus said your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your whole body. And he said when your eye is healthy, your whole body will be filled with light. But he said that if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be filled with darkness. And if what you think is a light is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. As believers and followers of Christ, how can we be a light in this world if our eyes are consumed by evil in our free time every day? I encourage you to fast, family. Fast from the TV shows. Fast from the scrolling and focus your time on God. Really focus just for a day and see what that does for your spirit. The light of Christ that's dwelling inside of you can change your life, even change the world, but you can only serve one master. Do you find yourself giving hours of your day to the darkness of this world and struggling to even get 15 minutes to the light? It's time to break free and Choose this day who we're going to serve.
0: Choose this day whom we are going to serve. Great words. And that is such a powerful place. As I've shared with you, what God really put on my heart for this year was one foot in the trench and one foot in kingdom. And that trench warfare is what we deal with every single day. And that kingdom is what keeps us in balance. But that walk is not easy because it's a balance of literally the extremes. You're looking at what we would call the strategic and you're operating in the tactical. That's a hard balance to meet, but each one of us can do it, and it's perfectly capable, and so much of that is literally appreciating the concept of being meek. It means the warrior that has all the skills but has such confidence and prowess that it knows the warrior knows that you don't have to draw the sword every time. It's knowing that just the presence of who you are, which is literally the presence with the body of Christ, with Christ in and through you, knowing that you have that sort of steel on your hip, but it never needs to be drawn because it's understood that you are greater than the moment you face. This is the walk we need to seek right now, in my opinion, because it's the walk that truly forges and builds a mighty warrior in this time. It's a warrior with great compassion, but with a ferocity to face Goliath. It's a warrior that has unbelievable concern and care for the many, but is willing to pare down his army to 300, like Gideon. It's an army that has the humbleness to face the captain of the guard, God's captain of the guard, to humble himself before him and to do whatever he's directed to do, equally to care so much for his soldiers, to have them each pick a a memorial stone as they cross the the river Jordan, and yet to trust so boldly in God that his soldiers himself trust him to walk around the city seven times and then seven times on the seventh day, praying and blowing sh- and, and having the shofars blown. And yet when that moment comes to understand the change in the pace of battle from prayer to the mightiness of the sword, that's one foot in the trench and one foot in kingdom. And as we walk that, we are reviving that true sense of what it is to be the mighty men and women of God. We're here. We're in this moment now. And this is for us to choose. The time for us to choose is before us. This is a mighty time in our lives. And one that we are being given because we are here for just such a time as this. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we are deeply humbled to be here tonight and just blessed with the range of talents that rest amongst us and to have witnessed so much of the calling this year of people being drawn to their talents. Some that have put their talents aside for years, others that have been maturing their talents to a deeper level, but knowing that everybody is here with something to give into this fight, whatever that is. So father, we just pray tonight for the inspiration in the heart of the many, to just to hear that call, to answer that call, whatever it is, and to respond to it in a bold way. If there's confusion in the thoughts of whether it's my idea or your idea, by the way, just ask for the courage for the individual to step in and lean in. If it's not in conflict with anything you've taught or blessed us with, then pursue it because we know this. We know that as we start down one path, sometimes you start us one place so we can go another. Other times you just... You're going to experience that path with us and you'll guide us and encourage us to go the places we need to be. Either way, it's no time for us to sit, but it's time for us to move, time for us to lean in, time for us to start answering all that pushed that's pushed onto our heart and be bold and fearless about it. We can't see the bigger picture, Father. What we do know is we walk by faith, not by sight. And in so doing, we are trusting as we've never trusted before because it's such a glorious experience and time to be, to walking with you and through you, to experience this world as you need us to experience it, as we're matured, as we're refined, and as we're made greater in the sense of kingdom. So guide us, Father, in this time. We're blessed by all that's given. And Jesus, we are just humbled by all that was sacrificed for us. Thankful that you walk with us each and every day as we walk under this banner. Guide us and protect us in these times. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Truly, don't hesitate. You know, I often see comments that of people asking about how do we discern between the voice of God and our own. It's not an easy answer, but it's a process of learning and discerning. And the way that begins is to start someplace. You can't sit and wait. It's not suddenly going to, we're going to wake up one morning and you're going to be like, oh, I got all the answers because that's not the way our walk works, nor is it the way life works. Maybe for a rare few, but I've never met any. This is a time when we have to listen to our heart. And if it's on your heart to do something and it's not in conflict with moral law, with scripture, then pursue it. And it's likely you're on the right path where God wants you to be. And as you go deeper into that, you will discover where God needs you to be. And in the process, you're going to learn his voice even more. This is such an important time to dig in deep like that, to listen and to learn how to listen and to how to hear, and then to learn that experience of trusting in him fully. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war, so walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, before we close tonight, I just realized that one thing I said I would do and we did not do was to pray for Diamond. So let's give a prayer for her as we close here in in the passing of Diamond. So Father, we just want to ask that you'll bless, or we're just greatly blessed that we had the experience of Diamond and Silk, which were just such an inspiration as a pair this last year. Wonderful two ladies over the, over the last six, seven years of, of this walk. And just pray for, for Diamond, who has passed away, that she can peacefully find her way home. And we pray for Silk, who is at her side the whole time, and just pray for the healing of her heart in what I'm sure is a very difficult time. So Father, guide us in this time. Guide them and bless them with all. Jesus, just ask that you can heal them in this difficult moment, to heal Silk and to those around them and all those that have listened. May the prayers be raised for those two in great thanks, and hopefully they'll find a beautiful place in the kingdom. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, Patriots, thank you. We'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. <laughs>
4: 心情<音楽>